We're going to talk today about recognizing the divinity in everyone. That's something that uh, it seems like many people on this planet have a hard time doing. Uh, why do I say that? Well, because we don't respect each other enough. You know, we have our little spheres of, uh, uh, of people that we respect, and you get very far outside that, that sphere. You know, if you don't live on my block, or you're not part of my gang, or maybe you're not, your skin color is a little different from mine, or uh, you're from a different country, or whatever, now you're outside my sphere, and I don't have as much respect for you as I do uh, the people who live on my block or in my house. And so therefore, <clears throat> I can see so many differences. You see, so and if I can see so many differences, it's easy for me to see myself higher and you lesser than me. Therefore, there is struggle. We want to see the divinity in everyone because it's there. All right. Let's see what Krishna says about that. I'm going to read from the 13th verse. Excuse me, 13th chapter. I think it's the 31st verse of the Bhagavad Gita. Has everybody heard of the Bhagavad Gita? Has anybody not heard of Bhagavad Gita? By the way, do we have Bhagavad Gitas for the new folks? Do we have paperback Gitas we can give them? Yeah. Yeah, we want to give you a free Bhagavad Gita, okay? The three of you. You know, so our, our compliments. So, because we think that everyone should have one. <clears throat> okay, these are, are the words of Krishna, and he's talking about this very, um, this very subject, seeing the divine in everyone. Krishna says, "Yadabhuta pritagbhavam ekastam anupashati tata evacha vishtaram brahma sampadyate tada." Translation. When a sensible man ceases to see different identities due to different material bodies, and he sees how things are expanded everywhere, he attains to the Brahman conception. Brahman conception means the highest spiritual conception. This doesn't mean uh, thinking that you're one with the impersonal Brahman. Okay. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. When one can see that the various bodies of living entities arise due to the different desires of the individual soul and do not actually belong to the soul itself, one actually sees. In the material conception of life, we find someone, uh, we find someone, a demigod, someone, a human being, a dog, a cat, etc. This is material vision, not actual vision. This material differentialism, differentiation, is due to material conception of life. After the destruction of the material body, the spirit soul is one. The spirit soul, due to contact with the material nature, gets different types of bodies. When one can see this, he attains spiritual vision, thus being freed from differentiations like man, animal, big, low, etc., one becomes purified in this consciousness, in his consciousness, and able to develop Krishna consciousness in his spiritual identity. How he then sees things will be explained in the next verse. We're going to go on to the next verse, but before I go on, uh, 
let us point out that what we're seeing when, when I look at someone, I'm seeing a temporary manifestation. You see, I'm looking at a body. Due to my poor uh, fund of knowledge, I may think that I'm looking at the person. For instance, sometimes when I look in the mirror, that <coughs> ugly old man looking back at me, I think that's me. I think, oh my God, you look terrible today. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but the fact is, that's not me. That is my body covering. So, uh, Prabhupada touched on a point here. Due to our desires, we are assigned a body. People wonder, how do we get these bodies? We're assigned a body depending on our desires. So we have a human form right now. Typically the human form is something that we are waiting in line for. You're climbing a ladder to get through the animal species. You go up through, it's called transmigration of the soul. <clears throat> One animal species after the other until you finally get a human body. And a human body is very good. Uh, it's the best of all bodies for what? What's a human body really good for? Realization of the self. Right. Self-realization. Thinking, you see. We can think. The animals basically react. They're not so much, uh, although people will argue that, the fact is they don't have the capacity to think like a human can. Now they can figure out how to catch prey and, and sometimes they have very elaborate methods that they use to build a nest or whatever. But basically, the animal never wonders, who am I? What's this all about? He never wonders, is there a God? You see? No matter how intelligent the chimpanzee may seem, he never wonders if there is a God. He never wonders about the next life, the previous life. You see? So, because of that uh, inability to think, there are certain things that they're not able to do that we're not able to do, you see. But now the animals don't incur karma. Sometimes people ask me that. And the animal, if you're walking through the forest and a tiger jumps out of the jungle and he catch, chases you down and catches you and eats you, did he do a bad thing? Hmm? It would seem like it, doesn't it? You would sure think so. But really, no. He's a meat eater. And he eats meat. We're meat. So he's hungry. He sees a meal. And he, you know, he eats it. If he kills a, a deer or another animal, he doesn't inc incur any karma. You see? He is reacting. He doesn't have the ability to say, you know what? I've eaten enough meat. I'm sick and tired of this. The tiger can't say, you know, I was reading on the internet the other night that this meat diet is bad for me. I think I'm going to become a vegan. He doesn't have any choices. The animals don't have choices. They eat what they're assigned to eat, you see. We, as human beings, have choices. Now you may say, well, the tiger can decide whether he's going to eat me or eat you. Well, he could. And they probably go for me because I look I'd make a bigger meal, you see. <laughs> but they cannot decide. You know, 
They, 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 they're reacting to things that are around them, whatever uh, the material energy is giving them, they're accepting and they're manipulating according to their limited ability, okay? So, but if we look inside the animal, there is a soul just like me driving that animal, you see? But he's limited. He's limited in his scope. So, uh, that gives me a, an advantage. It's just like one time Srila Prabhupada uh, went to the zoo with some of his disciples. So he's at, he's at the zoo and he's looking at all the cages and the devotees took him around. He saw different animals. And so then they, as they left, they got into the car and Prabhupada said, So, what did we learn? <laughs> you know, the devotees were like, well, we were supposed to learn something? Well, we're just having fun. Prabhupada <laughs> said, we learned that we saw the lion. The lion is king. He's the king of the jungle. And yet, we have him in a cage. Why? Because we have intelligence. You see, he's uh, much more ferocious. He's at the zoo. Huh? The lions are in a cage at the zoo. That's what I said. Yep, they are. We have them in a cage. We have the lions in the cage at the zoo. Which proves that we have more intelligence. Because we have more intelligence, we've got him in a cage. You see? So, um, so just simply because we have more intelligence, we are controlling so much. We're controlling the animal species. Uh, and generally, we're using the animals for our entertainment. We use them for our entertainment. Food, you know, something to uh, associate with, whatever. They're there for our entertainment. You see, we're, we're exploiting in that way. Sometimes it's a good exploitation. Sometimes it's not so good, you see. But we have to recognize that the soul that's driving that animal's body is exactly like us. We were there at one time. All of us, since we're in this human form of life, we have traversed through all 8,400,000 species of life. We've been all of it. You see, we've been there. So, what are, what are the similarities between the animals and the human beings? All creatures in this material world have four things in common. Eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. Everything is looking for something to eat. Must have it. Looking for a place to sleep. Someone to mate with. And then needing to protect their sleeping place, what they have to eat, and the person or the entity they have for their mate. You see? So, defense is there. Eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. So, if we as human beings... If that is really all we do is perform those four basic uh, activities of living entities, eating, sleeping, mating, and defending, how are we different from animals? We're more sophisticated. Some people may say, well, I've got, a, you know, I've got an iPhone. The animal doesn't have an iPhone. That's how we're different. You know, I drive around in a car. And the animal doesn't drive around the car. But our activities are the same. We use all of the material energy for eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. Animals are 
animals don't drive cars because they don't have no hands. Even if they had hands, they don't have a driver's license. Some guy, I think it's New Zealand, a couple weeks ago, taught some dogs to pass a driver's test. Really? For a point, I'm fairly sure, yeah. If you go down to the drivers, to the DMV, the, uh, to get a driver's license, there's a sign there. It says, no monkeys, no tigers. <laughs> have you seen that sign? No dogs, no cats. I don't have drivers yet I'm still a kid. That's why I wonder, why does it that, why do dogs chase cars? You know? They don't have a driver's license. What are they going to do if they catch one? <laughs> Throw you out and hear the dog drives away. But, you see, so, uh, <laughs> I don't understand why they do this, you know. They're not thinking clearly, you see. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, now, the, we can use these wonderful human brains that we have to contemplate what is this place where I am? Huh? Who am I? What am I? What is You're a human. Yeah, we can wonder about that. What am I what is my next birth? Can you answer that? <laughs> Time's up. Where am I going from here? Is there a God? What does God want from me? You see? The animals don't spend any time. They're not able to spend any time doing that, you see. So we need to behave differently from the animals. We can't behave like the animals, simply eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. We have to consider, is there God? Who is God? What does he want for me? Uh, what is going to happen to me at the time of death? What will happen, you see? Is there anything I can do to make that afterlife better for me? Is there anything I can do to avoid something bad uh, being, being an animal, you know, in the body of an animal? is not good, you see. We want to avoid that if we can. So we have to develop higher thought. Okay? But we have to see that the soul in the animal and in the person who may be a different nationality or whatever, different color, etc., they're a living entity, just like me. They're the same. Okay? We have to be able to see that. If we can see that, then my cruelty to animals will go away. You see? The way I treat my fellow man will change if I can see that there is divinity. What's my divinity? Hmm? What's divinity? Divineness, a divine nature. Like, uh, like God. We're not God, but we're like Him. We're not like Him. Yeah, we're like Him. We're divine. We're exactly the same substance. If you were to analyze our DNA and God's DNA, you couldn't tell us apart. You can't tell whose DNA you're looking at. You know, it's the same. We're exactly the same. Same, same. We're part and parcel. But that doesn't mean we are God. You see, we're the same, yet we're different. You see, you're the same, but yet you're different. So I, if I can uh, train myself to see the godliness in you, you are part and parcel of the Supreme. You are a piece of God. 
that has its own personality. By his choosing, he has given a, taken a piece of him and made it into you and given it its own individual personality to associate with, you see. So our uh, purpose as living entities is to associate with the Supreme Lord, to associate with the Supreme Lord in the mood and the mode of servitorship. We serve him, you see. And at the same time, we serve all of his parts and parcels. All of the other living entities. Not just the human beings. It's upside down. People think like, well, I'm, uh, I'm going to be good to my fellow man. I'm going to be good to most animals. I'll take a dog and I'll pet him and a cat and I'll feed them. and I'll... But those chickens and pigs, boy, we're going to slice their throats. We're going to eat them. Cows, we're going to line them up and slaughter them. But some animals are kind of cute, you know, like squirrels. Pigs are cute. Bears are cute. I agree. I think they're cute. Pigs and bears are cute. But see, some people think, I'm going to take one mammal, because he's cute, and I'm going to take another mammal, which is kind of rare and you don't see them. I'm going to eat them. I'm going to kill them, you see. And then we wonder why are there, uh, some people say, why is there evil in the world? Well, look what we're doing. Look what we're sanctioning. Now, people may say very quickly, they may say, well, I, I don't kill any animals. I don't kill any animals. So, I'm not guilty. I eat them, but I don't kill them. So, you know, if you... Um, if you hired somebody to kill somebody, if you hired a hitman to kill another human being, and they catch that person, they catch the hitman, and they say, look, we've got you on tape. We, we've, we've got you. He's, he could say, oh, look, it wasn't me. I mean, I, I did it. Yeah, but look, uh, if I tell you who hired me, will you let me on? Yeah, we'll let you. We'll give you a very lower sentence. Well, it was Baba Dweep. He hired me to kill that guy, you know. He paid me 10000 bucks, And I can prove it. Yeah, that is cheap, you know. <laughs> he does good work for a good price. <laughs> so, so then the, the, the district attorney is going to come down on you. The other guy is going to get, a, you know, a, 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 as, as light a sentence as he can negotiate. You could get the death penalty. You didn't pull the trigger, but you inspired it. So those who go and lay down their money for their Big Macs or Little Macs or medium-sized Macs or whatever. What's um, a Macs? Hamburger. So those who buy hamburgers and whatever, those who, who sponsor the killing of animals, they're the real culprits, you see. If it all stopped, they would all close. This, if everyone stopped eating meat, the, the slaughterhouses would close down. It would, it would cease. Meat. Well, you need to get over that. <laughs> <laughs> and you will. You're a smart boy. We don't want to eat anything. We don't want to eat any animals. Animals are our friends. Huh? <laughs> 
Donuts are good. You have to you have to treat donuts with respect because they're holy. The hole in donut. I thought that was pretty good. All right, so let's go on. Yeah, more applause. applause. Oh, on Prophet says uh, how he then sees things will be explained in the next verse. So let's go on to that next verse. I'll just read the translation. Krishna says, those with the vision of, e of eternity can see that the imperishable soul is transcendental, eternal, and beyond the modes of nature. Despite contact with the material body of Arjuna, the soul neither does anything nor is entangled. The, what does this mean? You may say, but I'm, I'm a soul, man, I'm really entangled. You know? Well, you're really not. You're only convinced that you are. You're only thinking you are. You're not entangled. You see? When, you're, when your consciousness, when you come in, in contact with the material nature, your consciousness becomes affected. You, the soul, are always pure. You cannot become <coughs> contaminated. But your consciousness becomes contaminated. You start to think this way. You start to identify with being this body, that body. I'm an American. I'm a Ru Russian. I'm a human being. I'm a this. I'm a that. Huh? I'm, a, I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. I'm a yada, yada, yada. On and on and on, you see. Instead of saying, you know, I'm an eternal living entity and I am a an eternal servant of the Supreme Lord Krishna. When you make that statement, you are not in false ego. If you make the statement that I am anything other than an eternal servant of the Lord, you are using false ego, false identification with the self, and you are in ignorance, because that is not true. You can't, we cannot change our eternal nature. We are eternal servants of the Lord. You see? The only thing wrong with us is our consciousness needs a tune-up. So that's the purpose of this Krishna consciousness movement. We're trying to help ourselves and everyone else become conscious of our true nature. You see? We're trying to refine our true nature as eternal eternally blissful, full of knowledge. We're trying to refine ourselves. We're trying to come out of this coma that we're in thinking that I'm an American, I'm a human, I'm a this or I'm a that, and none of that is true. This is all very temporary. It's real, but it's temporary. It's all going to go away, and the eternal soul, us, we will leave this body and go on to something else. So let's grab hold of this opportunity and see if we can uh, uh, specify what that something else will be. Let's have a vote in what we're going to do next, in our next life, instead of going into it blindly. We don't want to stumble into it blindly. If you're going to go into a dark room, you know, you may trip and fall and you turn on the light, you see. 
So we want to know this next life that I go into, unless you believe, oh, there's no next life at the end of this, the lights go out, and I'm just not going to exist anymore. If that's so, then uh, good luck. Good luck with that. Because there will be something else. Okay? So, please come and associate with us and help us and let us help you and let's all help each other to um, have some say in what's going to happen to us after this. Okay? This is the biggest decision that we've ever made. So, thank you all for coming. Yeah, quick question. Krishna being the super soul and everything entity um, as Paramatma, is, is Krishna, is, is he just the ultimate observer or does he feel the, the, the horror of a cattle being slaughtered and the pain, uh, the joy of a, child, of a baby laughing? Does he feel that or is he just observing? He's observing. He's observing. He sees this as a temporary manifestation. He knows that you're not a human. You know, he knows that this is just a temporary situation, you see. Now, does he like some of the decisions we make? No. No, he doesn't like some of the decisions that we make. You see. But Krishna always feels blissful. Now, he wants us to come back to our right frame of mind. He wants us to awaken our consciousness and again associate with him in our loving, our lost loving relationship. That's what he wants, you see. But he's observing what we're doing. Yes, Melinda? So in the evolutionary leap from, say, tiger to human being, is it that we have thus regained our consciousness in freeing ourselves from the entanglement of passion and ignorance to be able to understand that and have the propensity to love by, ab by being able to connect our senses with the divine and with God that gives us um, compassion and tolerance and um, humility for other beings that we are able to distinguish ourselves in a way that the tigers and the lions cannot. <clears throat> I mean, well, I want to understand how... By the nature know, of the human brain, we can actually perceive certain things. Like a, a tiger can hear a sound two, three blocks away. We can't. Mm -hmm. But we, we can figure out the square root of 166, you see. We can figure out uh, where the moon is going to be at a certain date. You see what I mean? Yeah. We can look further ahead in a different way than the animals. Right. You see, the animals can respond to the things around them. Uh, their senses are, are tuned in by their... Um, their, their senses are better than ours. Mm -hmm. but our, they our, smell better, they see better, they hear better. Mm -hmm. Most animals, not, you know, a one-celled amoeba doesn't hear better than we do probably, but... For the most part, most animals have far advanced senses than ours. We are not very good when it comes to using senses, although that's what we try to enjoy through. We try to enjoy through our senses. But when we think about it, a dog is enjoying at a much higher level than us. Well, you know, things taste better to a dog. The things that he eats 
that he likes. You know, if a dog catches a squirrel down and eats that squirrel, he's, he's enjoying it. You know, see, our, our sense of taste is, very, is, is not as advanced. Our sense of, of seeing, our sense of hearing, our sense of touch isn't as advanced. You know, if you pet a cat or a dog, you can see how they just, oh, that's ecstasy. You're touching me. Oh, that's wonderful. You see, humans don't respond like that. You know, we have to add a little spice and salt and pepper, a few chilies and stir the, you know, we have, you know, for us to eat, we've got to, it's got to be more than just plain and bog. like a link between our gained human consciousness and our primal animal consciousness, which at once differentiates us, but also unites us that we can explain not only to non-vegetarians why we don't eat meat, but also to understand our recognition of the divine in the animals. Yeah. That, you know, we lose our, like you say, our honed senses because we no longer have to struggle so hard to survive. But we also gain, and by consciousness and responsibility, we gain the ability to actually use our senses in a way that is, again, you know, displaying compassion and tolerance and ability yeah. to all beings. Yeah, we could discuss that. Let's discuss that later. Thank yeah, that'd be good because we're out of time now. We have to, we better move on. Gorni Tire waiting. Okay. Hare Krishna, thank you all for coming. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.